Leonardo da Vinci was fascinated by water and carefully observed its stickiness. He liked to watch the way a small drop of water does not always instantly fall from the underside of tree branches. Da Vinci noticed that when the drop is big enough to fall, it does so with some resistance. Around 1508, he noted the way that before a drop finally falls, it stretches until a neck of water is formed, and when that is too thin to support the weight of the drop, only then does it fall. You can spot this effect for yourself. It appears rather beautifully at the end of leaves after rain. If it is still raining heavily, the water will flow in spurts off branches, twigs and leaves, but shortly after it stops raining, take a look at the leaf tips of a broadleaf tree or shrub. The water collects and often runs down the thin rib at the centre of the leaf, before gathering at the tip. The drop hangs there. The tension or stickiness of the water is now battling gravity. Before enough water gathers, gravity prevails and the drop falls. The leaf often bounces up elegantly at this point and then the process begins again. The place that this tension in water is most apparent is at the water's surface. Since the water molecules near the surface are being pulled downwards by the molecules below it, but not being pulled up by any molecules, this leads to the surface coming under tension, which in turn gives the water a sort of thin skin. There is a simple experiment you can do that proves two fundamental things. That water has a skin formed by surface tension and that this tension is the result of the weak bond between the hydrogen atoms in each water molecule. For this trick, by which I mean serious experiment, we are going to prove that the water's surface tension creates a skin that is strong enough to support a small metal weight. To do this, we are going to watch a needle float on water. The only challenging part is the first bit, because we need to rest the needle on the water very, very slowly and carefully. Otherwise, the needle will break through the surface of the water and sink to the bottom. There's a sneaky way to do this. Rest the needle on a small piece of blotting paper. A little harder to find these days, but still in most stationers. The blotting paper will slowly become saturated and then sink to the bottom of the bowl of water, leaving the needle floating. This proves that the surface tension of the water is strong enough to support a small piece of metal. Now we need to prove that it is the electric bond between the molecules that creates this skin. We can weaken the bond between the water molecules by adding a little detergent to the water. Any washing up liquid will do. Detergents work partly because they carry charges that nullify the electric attraction of the water. The needle sinks. If you approach a large body of still water, a pond or lake, anywhere outdoors near summer, you are likely to find a busy world of insects. And by observing the insects, you will see the water skin experiment at large. Head towards the sun and keep low down if you want the best effects. These insects are very sensitive to things that swoop in on them so your best chance of catching them unaware is if you move slowly and stealthily towards the light. On a sunny day, if your shadow is directly behind you as you reach the water, you'll see a lot more insects. There will be insects in the air and many underwater, but some of the most interesting ones are the ones sitting on the surface. Why don't they fall in? We certainly would. It's because the surface tension of the water is stronger than the effect of gravity on small insects. For big lumps, like humans, it's the other way around but this does at least make swimming more enjoyable. Don't worry too much about what these insects are at this stage, we'll be getting to know a few in time, but it is worth admiring how nature has evolved to make the most of the water's surface tension. This is one of the many, many reasons why detergents and wild water do not make a happy combination. The same tension that leads to water sticking to itself and the side of glasses is also responsible for something called capillary action. We're all at least a bit familiar with the idea that liquids don't always obey gravity. Every time we dip a paintbrush in water, we watch the water flow upwards into the hairs, 
even though our understanding of gravity tells us that water shouldn't flow upwards in this way. The reason for this capillary action is a simple combination of the two effects we have been looking at. Water is attracted to some surfaces, like glass and paintbrush fibres, and it is also attracted to itself. So when an opening is thin enough, something interesting happens. The meniscus effect means that the surface of the water is attracted to the material above it and is drawn upwards. And since it is a narrow opening, this pulls the whole surface of the liquid upwards. Then, because the water is sticking to itself, the water just below the surface also gets pulled along and follows it upwards. The narrower the opening, up to a point, the more dramatic the effect. Every plant you see, from a tiny weed to a great oak, depends on capillary action to get water from the ground to its highest leaves. We know there are no pumps in trees, and yet thousands of litres, tonnes of water, have to get from the soil to the top of tall trees somehow. Without capillary action, this would be impossible.